Hey everyone, welcome to the What's My Place Sports Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Justin. Yeah, and basically what we'll be doing is bringing to you fantasy football sports commentary and content, as well as content on other sports um, across the board. So for now, we're going to start by just jumping right into a mock draft. I'll be drafting at one. Justin will be drafting at six. How's it going? Pretty good. I'm excited for this. This is going to be fun. Yeah, first time doing a podcast. Can't complain, right? Yeah. Yeah, so anyways, uh, since I'm drafting at the first spot, uh, there's really only two names I'm looking at here, Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. I think Christian McCaffrey's a no-brainer in this spot. Uh, as long as he stays healthy, just the amount of volume that he'll have is insane and should easily be running back one this year. Uh, Dalvin Cook, you can consider, uh, especially with the amount of work that he had with Minnesota staying healthy a whole entire season, but I would preferably go Christian McCaffrey here. What are your thoughts, Justin? You're an idiot if you don't go with Christian McCaffrey. That's all I have to say, because I don't care if you're concerned about his injury season last year. It wasn't a major injury. like It was just one of those lingering ones that come out. We saw Dalvin Cook tear his ACL and come back and destroy the league for a couple years now. So honestly, one injury-ridden season for McCaffrey after he hadn't even missed so much as a practice, let alone a game before last season, I, it's just a no-brainer. So... Especially if you're in PPR leagues. PPR leagues is where McCaffrey reigns. Yes, and, sure. and just to clarify, we're going to be doing most of our mock drafts on PPR. Um, and as we progress through this series, we'll be drafting from different p positions, giving you guys thoughts on what we're thinking drafting from those spots. So anyways, we got about 10 seconds here until the draft starts up. Um, and my first selection will absolutely be Christian McCaffrey. So we're going to lock that in right now. Anyways, Justin, following the first pick, um, Dalvin Cook, I know we kind of discussed. Are you considering any of the other players to draft at number two? Uh, I think Derrick Henry is a good shout there just because he's guaranteed 20-plus touches a game. You know, I honestly think on a game-to-game -game basis, he's more likely to score touchdowns pretty much every single game. So that's just kind of one of those guaranteed sports. Uh, point things. It may not be as big as uh, some people, but alright, I'm at pick six. I was hoping that Saquon was going to fall there just because of the injury concerns, but obviously that did not happen. And I think with the sixth pick, I'm going to take Devontae Adams, lock myself up with the best wide receivers in fantasy. Yeah, you really can't underestimate how much production he had. Uh, when you look at his production compared to all the other wide receivers, you're winning by three, four points per game, even to the other top wide receivers, and just the opportunity cost on that's insane. Yeah. Um, after that, it looks like we saw basically everyone else you would expect uh, running off the board. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Jonathan Taylor, those guys off. Travis Kelsey went pretty early, as you would expect as well, after seeing the monster season he had last year. Um, who are you looking to target coming back around in the second round if you're drafting at six? Uh, I mean, that's a tough choice. I think obviously going with Adams in the first round, I got to look for uh, definitely a, a running back. You know, after the first two rounds, running backs kind of become super scarce, and at that time, we're kind of just picking lots at that point. So, 
being here, I've got my choice between Antonio Gibson and Nick Chubb. I think are the main two I would look at in this position in terms of running back. Uh, I think Gibson, I think, has the higher ceiling of the two, but he also has a much lower floor given as he's definitely not as proven as someone like Nick Chubb. But I also think with the consistency that I get from Adams being my first pick, I'd be willing to take a shot with someone like Antonio Gibson. So I think that's who I'm going to go with with my second round. Fair enough. If Aaron Jones had fallen to the 15th pick, do you take him over uh, Antonio Gibson or Nick Chubb? I don't think I would personally, just because I'm not a fan of stacking players from the same offense, just because, you know, you have that week where you're going up against a top five defense and I mean, your team's just going to struggle. If, if you so. didn't have Devontae Adams in the first round, do you take Aaron Jones over Antonio Gibson at that point? Personally, I don't think so, just because... PPR? Not, not, not really that. I look at it as more of a... Uh, you look at how Aaron Jones performed last year. Yeah, so um, now we're at the end of the second round. Uh, I picked Chris McCaffrey in the first um, so obviously I'm either looking for a second running back or a wide receiver one. Um, if DeAndre Hopkins can somehow fall to you there, hell yes, take him. But obviously he didn't in this one. So I'm looking at DK Metcalf, Antonio Brown, Justin Jefferson on the turn. Running backs aren't nearly as strong on the turn. So I'm going to go with DK Metcalf for this first one. And so I either have the option of maybe reaching a little bit for – like in Antonio Brown, Justin Jefferson, uh, Terry McLaurin, or Keenan Allen. Or I could go with one of the running backs. I'm still not sold on uh, Edwards Alaire with the Chiefs, and I'm not sure how consistent Montgomery would be either. Um, and D D uh, Swift is an interesting one to consider at that pick, especially because we're starting to run low on running backs in that range. However, I think I am going to go wide receiver. Uh, and I lean towards Justin Jefferson. I think he just has so much more room to grow still. And I'm not sure how many touches A.J. Brown will get because he's now technically the third option in the offense instead of the second option. I just want to point out, Antonio Brown would be a hell of a reach in the second round. A.J. Brown, <laughs> correction, my bad. <laughs> yeah, you're looking at a ninth round pick that he was contemplating in the second round. That would have been an L, but yeah, fuck that, fuck that. Um, right. So who 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 are you considering uh, in the third round? Um, you know that's a tough choice. There's a lot of players that like I'd like for someone maybe like Keenan Allen to fall to me, kind of in that range. Um, running back wise, I really think the only running back in this range that I'd really have any interest in would probably be J.K. Dobbins just because of the upside there, but it looks like A.J. Brown actually found his way to fall to me in that round, so I think I'm going to take A.J. Brown here in the third. Yeah, I was going to say, you're getting really good value if you get him in the middle of the third round. Yeah. Um, his Even though they're two volume monster type guys in that offense, I mean... He's going to be in one-on-one -on -one matchups the whole time, which he was used to generally having a safety deep that made it a little bit more difficult in most of his games. He won't really have to face that this year. Uh, it could be a monster year for him, but I, I'm still curious to see how the volume shakes out. Yeah, I mean, volume-wise, I'm not too worried about AJ Brown, seeing as, uh, like, yeah, they brought in Julio Jones, but Corey Davis is gone. 
Uh, Jonu Smith is gone. So, I mean, they lost their second and third top target guys in that mm-hmm. offense. So, I mean, Julio is definitely going to take a lot of those targets, yeah. but I definitely think there's still room for A.J. Brown to even increase on the target share he yeah. had last year. Now, coming into the middle of the fourth round for you, obviously you got a running back and two wide receivers. What are you looking to aim for in the middle of this fourth round? If either of the second or third tight ends fall to me there, that is a guaranteed pick. And luckily for me, George Kittle found his way to fall to me there, and I, I don't see a reason why you would pass that up. The, the, the you, positional value is just too great. Do you consider taking a uh, second running back if, like, J.K. Dobbins or Miles Sanders falls to you in four? I think that's something you would consider to take if the tight ends are already off the board, but having uh, having Gibson already out of the second round, I think there's still some value for RB2s that you can find later on okay. in the draft, so... Fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, so now looking at the turn for round four and five, uh, we got two wide receivers and a running back in this spot. Uh, most or The top three tight ends are almost for sure gone, so it's not really something that you'd be considering in this spot. So I'm either looking at my second running back or my third wide receiver. Uh, I it, Justin Jacob, or Josh Jacobs fell there, even though Kenyon Drake's there. At the end of the fourth round, I think it's good value. Um, and for the turn at the beginning of round five, Thielen is there as well. But since I have Justin Jefferson on my roster, I really don't want to consider getting two uh, Minnesota wide receivers on my team as top two of my top three wide receivers. Uh, Chris Godwin is there, so he's somebody to look at. Julio Jones could be really good value as well. Um, a little bit farther down the board, DJ Moore is an interesting one. So is Lockett. I think I'm going to lean towards the upside of Chris Godwin. Uh, when healthy, he just he's so efficient with his touches, um, and I think he would be a great uh, wide receiver three on any team. So who are you looking at as we uh, approach you in round five? Um, you know, that's a tough one. I'm looking at either my RB2 or my, or my first flex. Uh Really not a huge fan of Tyler Lockett and DJ Moore in this spot just because I feel like they're predominantly boomer bust guys. Yeah, they usually end up in the top 20 receivers or so, but that's after, you know, three or four monster games during the season. And then, in my opinion, you know, for a, for a fifth-round pick, their production outside of those monster games is kind of mediocre. Gotcha. So I'd look at a guy like Cooper Cup maybe, you know, bringing in Matthew Stafford this year. I think volume-wise, he's definitely going to have a lot there. Uh, Jamar Chase is another guy I look at as just huge upside. like Especially with that familiarity as well. Yeah, so I think in this round, I'm definitely choosing between Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. But I think with the consistency that I get from Adams and Brown based on their reduction last year, I think I'm willing to go with the riskier pick in Jamar Chase to be my third receiver. Gotcha. I think worst case scenario for him is kind of a, you know, that Tyler Lockett boomer bust. He's definitely yeah. big games, but it's just how in, consistent is he going to be this year? In my opinion, I kind of like Cup in that scenario. Um, I just think Matthew Stafford's already used to a wide receiver sort of like that in Marvin Jones, and he hasn't even and Marvin and Cooper Cup is even more talented than Marvin Jones. Uh, and in that offense, I could just see so much efficiency on 
what is already a large amount of volume for Cooper Cup. Uh, who are you looking at in round six? Um, you know, I could go with my fourth final wide receiver to round out my flex position, or I could get my or RB2. Uh, is is that flex or flex two? It'd be flex two, yeah. Okay. And then I think looking at, I mean, I got options of Kenny Galladay, Cortland Sutton, Odell still there. Uh, consistency of someone like Juju. But I think you, you looking my, at any of the quarterbacks farther down, or are you waiting on those? Uh, I think I'm waiting on those. I think right now, needing my RB2 is definitely more of a priority. And I think the upside of Travis Etienne is definitely kind of a just a big play there for me. Yeah, I, I was kind of hoping that he would potentially fall to me at the turn for 6-7, and seven, but it looks like you scooped him up. Um, he was obviously the first guy I was eyeing. I'm also eyeing Kareem Hunt. He may not get you as much production as other players, but if Nick Chubb goes down, Kareem Hunt will absolutely win you a fantasy league because if he if Nick Chubb is down, Kareem Hunt be, will be expected to at least put up low-end running back one numbers in that offense. Um, in, if I'm looking for a fourth wide receiver in this scenario, OBJ is still super talented. I think Claypool has a huge amount of upside, especially with his red zone targets. I would be between Claypool and Hunt, and I think I would actually swing for the fences because I think Hunt's floor is still good enough to be a running back three in any team. Uh, now, considering that I'm on the turn, uh, I'm looking a little bit farther down the board. So obviously Lamar Jackson's there. He has huge amount of upsides in the seventh round. I'm also looking at Kyle Pitts as a huge upside type guy. These middle rounds, you really want to be looking at upside type potential. So I'm between Claypool as my wide receiver four, Kyle Pitts as my tight end, and Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson, while having all that upside, has such a high floor as well, assuming he stays healthy, um, that I'm going to draft him here, especially considering all the other quarterbacks in that range ended up going right beforehand. Fair, fair. Any thoughts on those? Uh, I think they're pretty solid picks. I think, uh, I mean, obviously, QBY, you still got Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and then... Second year, Justin Herbert, you know, after having offensive rookie of the year season. I think that's something that, you know, you definitely look at. Um, here in the seventh round, I think I'm mainly looking at a my fourth and final receiver kind of to round out my flex spot. Uh, I got guys like Robbie Anderson, Chase Claypool still there on the board. Will Fuller now being in Miami. Uh, there's definitely the upside for Judy and uh, Chenault now that Trevor Lawrence is there. Um, so I think looking at kind of the roster I have with Adams, Brown, and Chase, I think getting someone like Claypool would probably be another uh, kind of just good, you know, upside to having your flex. I think that's kind of a position where you have a lot of flexibility to kind of move around and you know, choose between different players. Yeah, I, I, I really agree with you. Um, has a lot of upside. Uh, on any given day, if wide receivers one through three is out injured or on a bye week, Claypool is a great guy to have to fill in those slots. And if you're running a double flex league like Justin and I are for one of our leagues, 
he's obviously going straight into your starting lineup and is a quality player with pretty sizable amount of boom potential. Um, so who are you looking uh, as we run back into the eighth round? Um, definitely looking at QBs right now. I mean, Rodgers, Wilson, and Herbert are all still on the board. So with four people picking in front of me right now, as long as one of those three is there, I'm definitely scooping up a quarterback here in round eight. But I think between the three, Russell Wilson's really the guy I want. You know, having DK Metcalf. And yeah. Tyler Lockett's options. Now they have Gerald Everett this year. On top of that, you know, the scrambling ability of Russell Wilson is always a it's always definitely a threat that teams have to look out for. And then it looks like Rodgers just went off the board. Uh, so it's really just between Wilson and Herbert here for this pick with two guys in front of me now. So as long as one of those two QBs doesn't get taken up, I'm definitely going QB here. And it looks like I'll have my choice between the two. And I think Russell Wilson is definitely going to be the pick here. Just, again, running backs or uh, quarterbacks that kind of have that the leg ability, you know, almost mm -hmm. like an RB on the field sometimes. You know, it just gives you that type of uh, flexibility to where, you know, yeah. they have an off day throwing the ball. They're still going to have a good game in the air. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Now, going to the turn of round eight and round nine mm -hmm. for me, uh, I'm looking... I, I, I was looking at LaVisca Chenault and uh, DJ Chark uh, having a true quarterback in uh, in Trevor Lawrence could really unlock potential for either one of those. I'm not 100% sure which one's going to break out if one of them breaks out, but I do see a lot of upside for both guys, especially at the turn here. The other thing I'm looking at... Um, is the tight end spot, and right before me, Logan Thomas and Noah Font went. Um, those would be guys that I'd be hoping would normally fall there. Since they didn't, that's quite a drop-off to the next set of tight ends. So I'm probably going to go with DJ Chark here and take his upside. Um, and at this point now, I'm looking at guys that I can potentially... Um, that can potentially um, bring a lot of upside to my team coming off the bench on any given night could put up really solid numbers. Uh, Debo Samuel is a guy that I'm interested in. Brandon Cooks, I know that the Texans offense has been kind of decimated with everything going on down there, but I mean, he's one of the few guys there that you can actually rely on. And if he can get enough volume to go his way, he could have a big season as well. Um, there's not really a ton of running backs on the board that I like, but most are, if he can, uh, get some more consistent touches, uh, I know it'll be harder with, uh, Sermon being there in the backfield, but we saw his boom potential as well. So he could be an interesting candidate in that spot. Yeah, for sure. I think here, uh, kind of in that ninth round, uh, sitting on four running backs, tight end or four wide receivers, two running backs, tight end, and QB. Now I'm kind of starting to look at quality backups. And I think definitely my running back, uh, my RB2 spot definitely could need some uh, some runners in the back. So I definitely think uh, Raheem Mostert is a guy I really like here in this round just because, I mean, we've seen it last year. He doesn't need a lot of touches to produce. So I think uh, someone like him kind of fits the bill of like a best ball league. But... You know, having him is just for, like, random off weeks to kind of go in and, you know, play him during a bye or, you know, who knows, maybe as the season progresses. I mean, we all know the 49ers love to run the football. 
So, I mean, there's going to be plenty of touches to go around in that offense. And if he stays healthy, I mean, we, we all see it. I mean, he's one of the fastest running backs in the NFL. And, I mean, again, the big play potential is there every single week as long as he's on the field. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, who else are you looking at as we get into the 10th round? Uh, I still think just, you know, having the wide receiver core that I feel like this confident in. Who are the guys that you have? I've got Devonta Adams, A.J. Brown, Jamar Chase, and Chase Claypool. You know, all four of them are guys that I think, you know, have, you know, obviously Devonta Adams is yeah. a lock for top three. A.J. Brown, I think, is fringe top five, depending on how that target share goes out in t Tennessee this year. And then, obviously, both Chase Claypool and Jamar Chase have the are sitting in kind of a deep three-wide receiver set. But, you know, the talent's there for them to just walk away with being the outright number one receiver. So, I think mm -hmm. between upside and some of the stuff I have, I think uh, I'm leaning towards going with a fourth running back here just to kind of bolster everything. And a guy that... You know, there's a couple guys here. Leonard Fournette's kind of in that big committee, but, mm -hmm. you know, the talent's there. Kenyon Drake behind Josh Jacobs, with whom Josh Jacobs deal with some injuries in the last couple of years because he's a bruiser. Yeah, Josh Jacobs was the guy that, or uh, Kenyon Drake was a guy that I was looking at for this roster specifically because I drafted Josh Jacobs earlier. I think um, Melvin Gordon's a guy that, you know, early on in the season, I think will definitely outwork his ADP, but a guy that's really far down. I like this year is Michael Carter, uh, rookie going to the Jets this year. Obviously, the Jets don't have much weapons to have are already established in their lineup. You know, they brought in Corey Davis this year and a couple other guys. So I think it's just, you know, a high upside pick there for sure. Yeah, and as I get here to the turn for rounds 10 and 11, as I kind of mentioned before, I'm kind of eyeing Kenny and Drake just as kind of a handcuff to having Josh Jacobs on my team. Uh, this round is really around where you're looking at a lot of handcuffs and just guys that can not necessarily put up huge numbers, but just can put up 10, 15 points per game uh, and just be a consistent, like, backstable to your team so that on any given week when you have a guy that's not playing, you just, you have a you can rely on 10 to 15 points from this guy to cover for you. Now, for the first pick, um, I'm going to take Kenyon Drake as my cover. And then because I was unable to get Logan Thomas or Noah Font in the previous go-around, uh, th this is where you kind of got to take a tight end. Goddard is a guy to really look at, especially if Zach Ertz gets moved on from the Eagles. Expect a lot of target share there if Ertz is not there. Um, I think Mike Gesicki is a really good option, really talented guy. We're not 100% sure how it's going to look with uh, Tua throwing him the ball. However, he has really reliable hands and has a lot of talent. Um, and who knows, maybe he's a player that breaks out. So I'm going to go with Mike Gesicki uh, for the upside play. Not bad. Coming up to me in the 11th round. Uh, I definitely think in this round, you know, once you kind of hit these rounds 11 and beyond, you know, I, I wouldn't really say there's too much of a stretch for really anyone you go for around these range. You're looking for high upside handcuffs. And I think uh, the big thing I want to look at here is 
having Mostert on my lineup with the threat of someone like Trey Sermon behind him, I think I would reach here in the 11th round to guarantee getting Sermon. So that way I'm kind of guaranteed to have that top guy there in San Francisco regardless of how the, how the season progresses. You know, again, with Mostert's injury-riddled career that he's had, you know, I think having someone like Sermon who definitely, you know, along with uh, they got a couple other guys in that backfield. I know, uh, what's his name? Jeff Wilson's out for the next mm-hmm. couple of months, which already boosts Trey Sermon higher up into that into that uh, kind of level. I think here, kind of in round twelve, now coming back to me. Uh, there's definitely some good running backs still on the board here. Melvin Gordon, uh, AJ Dillon's one of the best handcuffs you're going to find in the league for someone like uh, mm-hmm. someone J- like Aaron James Connors, an interesting shout. And then wide receiver-wise, you know, you're looking at someone like uh, T.Y. Hilton. You know, he's got a new quarterback coming in. We've seen in the past the talent's there. It's just can he stay healthy, and is the offense really going to be throwing the ball enough to provide uh, kind of that target share that you'd look for in a receiver? But someone like him, maybe McCole Hardman, who's kind of falling into that Sammy Watkins role that we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, and now that it's back to me at the turn for 12 and 13, um, I'm at four running backs and five wide receivers now. So the roster's starting to really take shape. Um, you're just filling in little holes, trying to find upside guys. One of the guys that you mentioned as a high upside guy fell to me, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I'm much higher than a lot of people are on Carson Wentz. The talent's there. The question is, can he get his mind straight? But if the talent's there and the talent's there for T.Y. Hilton, it could be something special if Carson Wentz and T.Y. Hilton come together. So outside of that, um, as we get into round 13, you're looking at backup QBs, potentially young QBs that have high upside. Um, Again, we're going to be preaching every single time we do any of these mock drafts, upside, upside, upside. Because if you hit a big boom player it's worth so much more than what you're drafting them at and can go a long way towards winning your fantasy league. Uh, The other thing to note is in these rounds, if you're doing a keeper league or anything like that, uh, young, talented players. So Trevor Lawrence is there on the board. I'd love to have him as a backup. And he's a guy that if he, if based on those scouting reports, he shows up and is really an elite level quarterback or is kind of encroaching on that top 10 quarterback status his rookie year, he could be worth a lot at that 13th round. Yeah. Someone I'm looking at here in round 13, uh, somehow, someway, I ended up with Robert Tanya in last round. I don't remember drafting him, but I think I accidentally clicked it. But, you know, <laughs> we'll roll with it. No, no big deal. There you go. There you go. But uh, Getting them TDs. I've gone really heavy so far running back-wise, so I'm still sitting at four receivers, so I'm going to start picking up some backups. And a young rookie I'm really interested in this year is Elijah Moore. I think he's got kind of that prototypical <laughs> slot receiver. Got, got a couple Jets guys on your team, man. Eh? I got a couple Jets guys. I got a couple San Francisco. I got three San Francisco guys. So, you know, definitely kind of heavy on some of these teams. But again, you know, going heavy on San Francisco in terms of running backs is never a bad thing, seeing as that's just, you know, their game plan is revolved around running the ball. Uh, Depending on the rules in your league, are you considering drafting a defense round 13, 14, 15 at all? Or are you waiting until the very end to get them along with your kicker at the end? 
honestly, I think it depends on what you're really looking for. If you have, you know, you draft your starting lineup and you think your starting lineup is just really, like, strong. And, you know, you look at a lot of the guys you can find later on, you know, like we've been saying, you know, there are a lot of boom, boomer bust guys, you know, high upside, low seal, or low floor. So, you know, depending on what you're looking for, if you're looking for depth, if you're looking just overall, just starting point, you know, you want your starting lineup to be just, you know, the team. You know, I I would I'm someone who's not against, you know, picking a defense around eleven, around twelve, you know, getting them a little bit earlier just to, mm-hmm. you know, really bolster yourself with that starting lineup. Uh, you know, here around four here in round fourteen, you know, I'm still kinda looking for, you know, receiver depth behind uh the five receivers I've got right mm-hmm. now. Um, you know, there's Darnell Mooney on the board, Paris Campbell, Jacoby Myers, all guys mm-hmm. that have, you know, breakout potential for their teams. Yeah, and now that I'm sitting here at the turn on 14 and 15, as I was kind of mentioning with defenses, looks like a few of the top defenses went. Uh, like the Steelers are already gone, the Bucks are gone. Uh, looks like the Ravens are gone as well. But I'm pretty high on both the Washington defense and the Bills defense. In particular, I really like the Bills defense because when it gets later in the season into that playoff time, that crappy weather... It's going to play a huge factor, especially in a league like ours where amount of yards and amount of points allowed heavily affects the scoring for the defense. Um, You can see some big games from those teams simply because teams are unable to move the ball. Uh, Other than that, um, I'm sitting at a spot now where I I got six wide receivers. I got four running backs, albeit one of them's a handcuff. Uh, So I'm probably looking at other running backs at this point. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of rumors down in Miami that Malcolm Brown is pushing for a lot of touches in that offense next to Miles Gaskin. Uh, If anything happens there, um, there's not really anyone else to take workload. So if something happens to Miles Gaskin or Malcolm Brown just beats out Miles Gaskin in the long run, that could be a high upside value pick right there. Okay. Here, round 15, you know, I'm looking at my defensive kickers. Uh, most of the big defenses have gone off, but right now I think the Rams being the top defense up on the board is the play here, you know. In terms of talent, I don't know if there's too many defenses in the NFL that really stack up in terms of talent. So I think that's just something that, you know, definitely provides, you know, upside for a defense. And on top of that, you know, now that you got a better quarterback coming in like Matthew Stafford, I think, you know, the Rams offense is definitely going to spend a lot more time on the field. And, you know, they're probably not going to give up as many points as they gave last year, especially seeing as someone like Jared Goff, you know, is prone to turnovers and, you know, cause the defense to be on the field a lot. Kicker-wise, I mean, you know, you just kind of go with whoever your gut feeling is. You usually want to go with a kicker that's in a high-scoring offense. Uh, a guy I look for in this year is Young Hoku, you know, Falcons are, you know, missing most of their team. You know, Julio's gone now, so it's really going to be the Calvin Ridley show at this point. But, you know, if they get deep enough into the red zone, he gets some good field goals. Yeah, the only other thing to really consider is whether and if it's an indoor or outdoor stadium. Um, kicking in the Steelers' uh, stadium, Heinz Field, very windy at times. Chicago, same story. It may be a little bit more difficult for your kicker to put up a lot of points. Um, I really like uh, Matt Prater um, being in Arizona. That should be a high-scoring offense. Um, And he's a high-upside kicker, at least, albeit it's a kicker. What can you say? 
Um, but that is a pretty good um, player for me to get, considering I'm getting the worst kicker in the league out of the 10 teams with the last pick in the draft. But that's pretty much it. Um, teams are already selected. Um, and thanks again for listening into the What's My Play Sports podcast. This was our first episode. Any thoughts, Justin? What's up? <laughs> there you have it. So, <laughs> But uh, thanks for uh, listening in, and uh, we'll be aiming to get these podcasts out roughly once a week. Other than that, take care. Checking out.